Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Welcome back to Crossover Daily, SI's daily NBA podcast. I'm your host, Rohan Notkin. Today on the show, we'll be discussing the aftermath of Game 1 of the Finals. Is there anything interesting left about this series? We'll also discuss the Sixers' decision to hire Doc Rivers. What does his arrival mean for Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid? Finally, Kyrie Irving is the gift that keeps on giving. Joining me to break all this down is SI's Jeremy Wu. Let's start the show. All right, making his return appearance to Crossover Daily. He's a staff writer at Sports Illustrated. Uh, he's currently dipping into his Halloween candy stash as we speak. Uh, it's my good buddy, Jeremy Wu. Wu, how's it going, my man? I'm good, man. Um, I know these orange Kit Kats outside the box, but... They're literally orange, so yeah. You and I are both sh- shocked to find out that they're making Kit Kats orange colored now. Which yeah, not just the wrapper, like the actual candy, right? Which deserves to have its own investigation, its own narrative podcast. Maybe separate, we'll save separate that. Pod. Yeah, save that for the offseason. <laughs> uh, so kind of a lot of NBA stuff to get to today. Uh, obviously, the NBA Finals are going on. Doc Rivers uh, hired as the Sixers coach earlier today. We'll get to that. We'll get to some good Kyrie Irving stuff later as well. Uh, let's start with the finals. Obviously, the Heat. Not only are they in a 1-0 hole, Goran Dragic and Bam Adebayo listed as doubtful for Game 2. Uh, Jimmy Butler rolled his ankle. He's not on the injury report. You have to wonder, though, if his effectiveness uh, will be affected, uh, for lack of a better phrase, in Game 2. <laughs> uh, this is pretty pretty sad. It's kind of a bummer. How, do you, how are you feeling about the finals after Game 1? It feels like the wind has been taken out of the sails. Yeah, no. The only people who are feeling good are the Laker fans who have been trolling me on Twitter for the last two months. Uh, <laughs> It's like, just, I guess the worst thing that could have happened. Um, and, and not because I have a dog in the fight, because I don't, but just, just just from the standpoint of competitive basketball. Um, now, we shouldn't act like it's over, uh, but is it much less interesting? I mean, I don't see how Dragic comes back. Maybe Bam comes back, but 
It's tough. It's going to be tough. Yeah, if I had to wager, I'd wager on Bam coming back in game two and maybe Dragic trying to come back later in the series if the Heat somehow win a game. It's just tough, man. You know, I interviewed Dragic uh, in September now, and you could just hear how excited he was about this team in particular. You know, for him, he's had a really up-and-down Heat career. He was brought into play with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. Bosh got hurt. Wade left. You know, Hassan Whiteside was his pick-and-roll partner for a long time. He shared a backcourt with Wade. He shared a backcourt with Tyler Johnson. He shared a backcourt with Deion Waiters. You know, so much has gone, you know, haywire for him since he got to Miami. And now he was the leading scorer on a conference finalist. You know, he's 34 years old. And this just feels, especially for him, a brutal, brutal way for his finals to go, especially on such a weird play. I mean, I mean, for, you know, every time ESPN showed the replay of him hurting his foot, it was hard to make out how exactly he got hurt. Yeah, it was weird. Um, and it was like the first, I mean, there, I mean, there's not really even anything to microanalyze about the right. game. It just like the first quarter was kind of interesting and the Heat were playing really small because Bam was in foul trouble. And then, you know, for lack of a better word, Bam, all the injuries happened. So. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I was looking it up, you know, I wrote about this. The Heat, I think, were plus 15 or, or something kind of silly like that when Dragic... Butler and Adebayo were all on the floor together. The problem is they only played eight minutes together. So they had a brief stretch, and if somehow those guys get healthy, there's maybe that sliver of hope. But, I mean, as soon as Bam got in foul trouble and Dragic got hurt, you saw just how limited the Heat were. I think we both expect them to play maybe a little bit bigger in game two. Uh, it, it's really crazy. I mean, for the Lakers, are, are, I don't even think they have to be worried about a letdown. I think LeBron is too focused. Is there anything the Heat could do that you, that you think would scare the Lakers even the tiniest bit in game two? Yeah, I mean, I don't think scare is the right word after that. But, I mean, like, I assume Kendrick Nunn will play more. Uh, I think you'll probably – I don't think the going really small with Solomon Hill thing worked that well. You're right. I yeah, mean, it's, it's really hard to say anything worked well or didn't work. Right, Because that game sure. was such a – so I, I don't want to say, like, yes or no. But, I mean, maybe right. we see Myers Leonard come in, uh, try to be more physical with Davis. I don't really know. I mean – they're smart. They're not going to give up. They're going to figure like some approach out, and uh, you know, obviously, very, very much an uphill climb. But you know, I ho- hopefully game two will be competitive. Uh, I would like to see Miami get a game just to like make this more of a series. But without a doubt, it's been a long time since a one zero hole felt as big as this one does. You know, I was thinking about this today. We've been kind of robbed of a good finals for a long time now. I think. We had a great one in 2016, but, you know, you look back, 2014 wasn't very competitive. 2015, LeBron was playing great, but, you know, Cleveland was without Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love for practically the entire series. 2016, one of the best finals ever. The next two anticlimactic. Last year, KD and Clay both hurt. When are we going to get a good finals again? This is kind of upsetting that, especially this year, after everything the NBA went through, to even make this series a possibility it's kind of weird how we just haven't had a good championship series or at least a compelling one in a long time yeah that's a good point um obviously i don't know what the answer is maybe LeBron, <laughs> yeah. maybe when lebron retires <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah it's i think i think it has to be just like from an objective like health of the nba standpoint like if the lakers sweep it's not I mean, it's good because you. I mean, but no matter what happens, Lakers going to be on TV a billion times next year. So, um, right. But it's, you would have wanted more of a series. 
it's definitely good for the league if the Lakers win, just in terms of that's their marquee franchise. LeBron's the marquee player. You know, we're already seeing ratings troubles or whatever. I think that's marketable for the league if the Lakers win. You do have to wonder. <laughs> the Lakers winning is also another win for Lakers exceptionalism, and you have to wonder how teams around the league are going to feel about a team that was kind of cobbled together in a year and a half. You know, winning the title in this fashion, I think, is going to put a little bit of a chill for front offices around the league as well. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, the possibility of, I mean, another team like like this happening when guys like, you know, when Giannis becomes a free agent, um, I think that's the next big thing is, you know, will he, and not, not to like get too much into the forecasting, but I mean, that is a looming thing that everybody's talking about right now. Um, for sure. So we'll, so we'll, well see, but I mean, I mean, like, yeah, I can go ahead. No, no, it's just a, it's kind of a, I don't want to use the word depressing, but it's it's just a bummer how this has turned out. I think there was a lot of excitement headed in this series. A lot of the storylines we were looking forward to, and it just turned on its head, not just the blowout fashion in which the Lakers won. That happens in the finals. You know, the Heat and Spurs in 2013 actually traded some blowouts before those last two crazy games. But when you couple the blowout with the injuries, it's just, I, I can't remember the last time I went into a finals this excited and then it, it turned on its head right. so quickly. Right. Well, with that being said, I guess let's get to the news that's going around the NBA a little bit. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, I believe, had it first. Doc Rivers is going to be the coach of the 76ers for now. Obviously, they still have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons in the roster in addition to Al Horford and Tobias Harris. What were your first thoughts uh, when you found out about the Doc hire? Yeah, I, I think it's a good move um, for Philly. I think, uh, you know, obviously a team that is not that far away uh, from – from, you know, taking a step forward, uh, you know, the coach is not going to be the cure all for them. Uh, you know, they ha- they're going to have to figure out, you know, the roster is a little bit of a mess. Uh, the other cap is all tied up. Uh, you know, they're going to have to hope they can, you know, make a trade or two, uh, you know, this, uh, I was going to say this summer, but the off season is now like next month. <laughs> right. So in the, in the over next Christmas, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On Christmas Eve, Santa will show yeah. up and take Tobias Harris away. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, for for Philly, I think an experienced guy like that, uh, you know, is really the best case scenario. Um, you know, the, the fact they moved quickly shows they're probably willing to pay him what he wanted pretty quick. Uh, you know, probably the best coach on the market. Um, you know, to, to me, it makes total sense. You know, will it be what what fixes it? No, but uh, but again, I think it's it's wrong to characterize Philly as like an unstable coaching situation. I mean, right. Brett was there for six years, right? So, uh, but it was time for a change and. Uh, you know, Doc. Obviously, I people a lot of people were surprised about him getting you know fired in, in L.A. and uh, you know for him to just bounce right back and get you know a good a good job is good for him. Uh, so you know, I, hopefully, it's a, a better marriage. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I think you know roster and front office issues aside, I think Doc is a good hire in the sense that I think Brett Brown wasn't exactly beloved by the end of his tenure uh, in Philadelphia. Obviously, I, I think his problems with Jimmy Butler are the most famous, but I don't know that he necessarily had a great relationship with Simmons and Embiid as well. I mean, Simmons was someone who he's kind of, I wouldn't say called out publicly, but but chastised publicly for not shooting threes. You know, Embiid, I think he's challenged him as well to get his conditioning right. I do wonder if Doc will maybe have a better time getting through those guys. And just to shake up for them a new coach, you know, making them understand the gravity of the situation, maybe help them take the next step in their respective careers. It is interesting to me. I think the team still has some questions in the front office. What's out in brand's role going to be moving forward. Uh, 
usually you want to kind of get that stuff in order b- before figuring out who your coach is going to be. So I think there still might be some questions about the front office and what they want the structure to be. Uh, can I run you my idea of what I would do if I was in charge of the Sixers? All right. I think you have to accept that you're going to take a loss on one of these trades in terms of, you know, you're not going to get back a great contract. But I think what you need to do is find a way to move, especially Al Horford. I don't know if you're going to get anyone to take Tobias Harris's contract. I do think Al Horford is so popular around the league. But you have to move them with the understanding that you're going to have to take on another team's bad contracts. But Philly needs to make trades that are like, I'm trading one player for three players. You know what I mean? They need depth. They need to find shooters. They need to find role players, guys that they can kind of slot in and around and beat. It's not going to help their cap sheet, but I, I think they're, what they need right now more than anything is roster balance. So is there a trade out there? You know, the Kings, for example, were interested in signing Al Horford for a while. You know, the Suns are a team that's always looking to be respectable. Can you get, you know, one of these franchises that don't typically sign free agents you know, maybe even the Nuggets, a team like that, can you find a way to get two or three pieces in return for one of those guys? I think that has to be the way they look at this offseason. Yeah, I was going to say, I think, you know, that is, you know, if, if there's any way to trade Tobias, uh, you know, on this deal with with four years left, it's, you know, you find a deal, um, you know, to a team that, you know, isn't going to attract a free agent, uh, that isn't as concerned with tying up some of that money, Um you know, just given the circumstances, right? If there's a team that's willing to take that, I don't know. If that's, I mean, it's pretty hard. I think Horford will be easier to move uh, just because just you kind of know what he's going to give you. You know, I think he still has something in the tank. He'll he'll help someone. Um, and then his, I think the last year of his year, deal is a partial guarantee. Uh, it's just a little cheaper. Um, but you got to do something. And yeah, again, like you said, I mean, not only that, but I mean, you know, the, just the, these guys are, the value diminishes a little bit every year, um, you know, and the obviously the un, uncertainty with the salary cap right now is going to make it it might make it tough because there are a lot of teams that are you know if the cap drops and a lot of teams go into the tax it's going to be going to be tough it's, you know we have to see what happens with that right um but here's here's one yeah. i'm just pulling out of my backside right now assuming you get the salaries to line up and i think they might already al horford for gary harris i mean i don't know if if i'm de- why why does denver want horford though like I mean, they're going to probably lose Millsap, and I understand you're going to want to re-sign Grant as well, but maybe Horford becomes your backup center, you know? Mm. I, they let I, I don't know if I want to pay him like that, though, because I just don't – I mean, if you saw, he doesn't really fit with Embiid, right? So it's like right. if you're playing two centers, if you're playing Embiid, which I think that's – I don't know if that works. I mean, I wouldn't do it, but it's an idea. Um. <laughs> it's the first one. It's uh, the first one. Yeah. What, yeah, what, yeah. what do you – what's your outlook for Philly? What do you want to do if you're them? Because it's crazy. They had a great lineup – in 2018 they had a pretty good lineup in 2019 and then this year turned out to be a disaster they kind of basically choose the wrong door every time but there's a formula for Simmons and Embiid working they only just have to look at the 2018 team which had one of the best five-man lineups in the league when they had Covington, Redick, and Dario Saric around those guys do you see a path for them to kind of get back to that kind of group yeah I mean I I think I mean off the top of my head I'd have to look at trade possibilities uh-huh. right? but like i mean you have to hope that you can move you know at least one of harris or horford if you have to attack you know they have 21 in the draft if, if you have to attach a pick to get off a contract i mean is that enough maybe not but or or maybe you you know do a deal with a team that has cap space um like you know saying i mean 
the the Knicks probably won't. I mean, like Knicks or Atlanta. <laughs> if you, if you can you know do a team like that or do a deal with a team like that, create a trade exception, and mm-hmm. you, you know you can take players back into it. Like maybe that's something they explore. Like I haven't done the math on this at all, right? But like, um, you know, if you can create find a way to create a trade exception um, that lets you bring back uh, you know another a different player, uh, you know that's one way to get creative with it. Um, Does. Does them hiring Doc make you kind of think that they are going to commit to some Simmons and Embiid for another year? Because, you know, D'Antoni, I think obviously people are speculating that will result in some kind of stylistic change. Bringing Doc almost seems to me like a way of saying, how do we get a coach in here that can get through to both of these guys at once? Yeah, I, I don't think, I mean, look, both those guys are still under contract for the long term. You know, Simmons, his, deal, his new deal kicks in just next year. So it's like, I don't think... You know when that if that if and when that happens, and it, it may still happen, but I think right right now when you hire Doc, it sends the message to those guys too, to your star, just like hey, we paid for the best coach in the market. Uh, you know, you're saying you know we're gonna run this back, we're gonna figure it out. Um, so you know, if it, I, I would be surprised for sure if it happens right now. Um, but again, it really really depends on. Th- there's so many variables here with because it, it, sure. their, their cap situation is so tough, and it's such a tough year for teams financially, but also if, there are a lot of teams trying, like that's the one thing that's going to help them. Right. Cause if you look around the league, I mean, there are a lot of teams that can make the playoffs next year. And so, so maybe someone does see, you know, in lieu of a great free agent class um, and you have cap space this year, I mean, maybe, maybe Horford, you know, is a guy, it, it's not a huge long-term commitment. You know, maybe he's a guy who can help you get over the top if you need a vet, if you're a young team. Right. So, you know, they, they have to be creative. They got to explore all these avenues, which is obvious, but, but true. Um, it, it is going to be such a strange offseason. You know, you bring up the salary cap. That That's going to be a, a real fascinating wrench and the front offices like to plan, you know, sometimes three, five years ahead. Uh, it's really unclear if what it's going to look like. Is the league going to flatten it, you know, almost credit teams and, and kind of keep it flat for three or four years? Uh, the financial ramifications, even though we, we've had a season of what happened this year because of the pandemic, are going to be fascinating from a front office standpoint. I want to get to uh, Kyrie Irving for a second, just providing some levity in the midst of uh, a kind of sad finals and coaching hires. Uh, I guess he's on a podcast with Kevin Durant. I don't know. Every NBA player has a podcast now, or like everyone has a media company. I don't know. Anyway, on some podcasts, I think Kyrie Irving said something along the lines of, we don't have a head coach. You know, I look at KD as someone who can be a head coach. Maybe Jacques Vaughn is a head coach for one night. Do you think Steve Nash like appreciates the situation he's walking into? <laughs> Man, uh, you know, I, I I think it's probably a mistake to like. It's okay for us to laugh at that, but it's probably a mistake for us to read too much into it. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, there obviously isn't, uh, you know, given who it's coming from and the context. It's like, yeah, you know, it's worth a it's worth a chuckle. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe he's trying to throw Jacques Vaughn a bone. Right, like, right. I, yeah, I, there we go. Okay, that's a good look, like, positive spin. I, I don't think, good I don't think Steve. Spin. If I'm Steve, I'm like, eh, you know, whatever. I mean, right. You know, I mean, he, you he was have the to coach imagine, they wanted, so right. You have to imagine he's also heard all kinds of stories about Kyrie Irving. Listen, I like Kyrie Irving a lot. Whether whatever his situation is, I kind of appreciate that he's an agent of chaos. Um, I appreciate how outspoken he is. You know, the flatter thing was its own kind of controversy, but outside of that, like, I don't really have an issue with him. It's just funny how the goofiness always follows KD and Kyrie around. <laughs> they haven't even, you know, mo- both of them realistically haven't played much basketball in the last year, but generate, uh, you know, as many headlines as any other player. It- it's just 
funny how those two always seem to be popping up in a situation like this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, when you, I mean, if you create a podcast for yourself, you know, that's uh, what, what, what tends to happen. So, <laughs> yeah, Ky- listen, Kyrie, if anything, come on and say it on the SI Daily pod. You know what I mean? We could, <laughs> we could, use, we could use that kind of controversy. Uh, yeah. Real quick, just because we're talking about them. Do you like, are the Nets like a sleeping giant, like sleeping title contender that no one is talking about? I'm curious if you have any kind of, any kind of handle on what their outlook is. Yeah. I mean, like, I think they will be a top three, top four team in the East. I don't want to say they're a contender yet uh, just because they literally haven't played together at all. Um, and the, the, again, like, you know, KD is still coming off the injury at right. this point. He's, he's pretty well removed from it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but like contender is a big word. That, and I don't know if I would like voice it on them, but they'll, they'll probably, my, my guess is that by the time next season starts, like they will probably be viewing themselves that way. Cause right. I mean, yeah, like I mean, that's probably, but I mean, that's K- what they came there to do. So. Katie um, will certainly have had, you know, maybe the most time anyone's ever had to recover from an Achilles injury. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to just go back to the finals real quick. Are you giving the heat any kind of chance in game two slash the series? You know, do you expect to see anything wildly different in game two? What's your gut telling you right now? Um, I think they, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what they do. I think they'll do something different. Like at this point, there's no pressure. So that helps. Um, I, I mean, I think there's a chance they steal a game. Uh, just cause again, like LeBron's locked in, but you know, the other guys still got to make shots and, um, you know, you know, the finals are always a little weird. Um, now, like, well now at this point, like, I think I'll be surprised if it goes more than five games mm-hmm. now, if I had to like readjust what I, I, I said, Lakers in seven. Now I think it won't be that long, but yeah, um, I will say there is a tiny bit of pressure on Eric Spolstra in this regard. He's one in five in his last six finals games and that average margin of defeat is 18 points. I'm not saying Eric Swolster is a bad coach. I've obviously been a big Eric Swolster fan for a long time, but I, I do have to think he's going to come up with something because it's been a long time since he's looked uh, confident and or in control. With yeah, game. no, that's, that's true. And you know, that's, that's something I was going to make the same point talking about doc and how he keeps blowing three, one leads in the playoffs. It's like, yeah, you know, that, those things happen, but at some point it's like, how much of this is circumstantial? You know, how right. much of it is in his control. And so I'm always like, when, when people point out things like that about coaches, I'm like, yeah, those things happen. But at the same time, uh, you know, I mean, how many, you know, again, you don't get that many bites at the apple, but, but like sometimes these things are not their fault. So yeah, there's no real great answer. Um, <laughs> hopefully the heat, you know, will uh, put up a fight and we'll have a more interesting conversation, uh, you know, for the next week uh, or so. Uh, well, we'll certainly hope so. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, in games two and three. Jeremy, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to join us again, man. We really appreciate it. No problem. I'm going to go eat the rest of these Kit Kats. <laughs> At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.